Hi, this is Giuseppe. Hi, this is Anthony. And you're listening to For the Love of Sophia. A philosophy podcast brought to you by the Public Philosophy Project. If you have any questions or suggestions, feel free to email us at publicphilproject at gmail.com. Enjoy the ride. with part two and we uh we have still a lot of things to talk about <laughs> we barely did anything <laughs> we we just uh we just spent an entire episode telling you that you in order to live a good life you need to do something and you need to do it in a very specific way yeah right it reminds me of um one funny thing that that dan dennett said was like he gave this talk and he said uh He's like, here's how a philosopher gives an answer. And then he says, you know the, the magician trick where the, the, the guy saws the lady in half? And then you say, yeah. And the philosopher goes, well, the magician doesn't really saw the lady in half. <laughs> and then you say, well, how does he do that? And he says, I don't know. That's not my department. <laughs> yeah, it seems like that. It, it seems, seems especially, like that. Especially when we're talking about this. Um, but... I think that there, we can get a little bit more specific, probably. I think uh, so. Or, or even a little bit more abstract, depending which way you look at it. That's true. So <laughs> we, can, we can go more or less, depending on how you look at it. But yes. what a, So tell our listeners, what's the thing that yes, I didn't true, say? True, true. We, we're not going to lift this hanging any longer. So I was surprised that Anthony didn't brought uh, into this conversation almost right away. Uh, the concept of authenticity, right? Because mm-hmm. I know he's a big fan of this, and uh, and I was expecting this to happen, and instead it has happened yet. So I was, I was thinking it, like I was saying okay. earlier. <laughs> I was thinking it in the background. I, I don't remember what it was, because we we did we covered a, again we covered a lot of ground, but we covered no ground. Um, so at some point I thought about it, and then it did shifted. It might have been when, when I was talking about the precondition to live a good life, maybe, when those things that are yeah. necessary, because that, that would have been my guess. Yeah, I mean, this is absolutely something that I've always thought about, something mm-hmm. that I've, I've always thought was important. And it's interesting, because you look, at, you look at yourself at different ages, and you look at the many ways that you've changed. But then mm-hmm. you also look at the ways that you haven't changed. And I feel like one of the things for me when I look back is I was always cared, <laughs> fascinated <laughs> by this idea of of being quote-unquote authentic. And, and it manifested in different ways. Like when I was little, it was always asking questions about stuff that people weren't talking about or questioning rules that authority figures gave me or like mm-hmm. talking back but not in a way that I was mean or rude or being a jerk but just because I was genuinely like well well why that thing right so that was how it manifested when I was little and then as I got older it was like getting into like music and mm-hmm. doing like I skated a lot, right? And skate culture is totally just like 
you know, anarchistic in nature, I would say. <laughs> and then when I get when I get older, it was like, oh, you know, having only a, a few close friends that you yeah. were really yourself around, you know, versus this idea of having a, a million little surface level friends and, and you get older and then it's this is I think kind of the bedrock of having a, a successful romantic relationship is everyone being absolutely open and then yeah. just you know, teaching philosophy, doing philosophy. So the bottom line is that I think this was always something I was concerned with, and I think it's important to the, the good life. So I have two questions, yes. uh, just to, for, for, to clarify. Uh, can you, the first question is, can you clarify what does it mean hmm. to live, to, to, to be authentic, rather? Than, than, and then the follow-up to it is, do you think that, living the good life equates to live an authentic life because maybe that way we can be very specific right if we explain what the authenticity is and and then we say well you know what and that is exact that is if not all that there is to it at least a big chunk of it so i I think for me it involves a, a few things one thing it involves is i think being very open mm-hmm um, in terms of ideas and in terms of like how things might work in a relationship dynamic and in terms of, I don't know, like taking in art, taking in anything like that. So I think you have to be open with people. And I think if you're, so you have to be vulnerable, I think is another way of saying what I'm saying. And if you're not vulnerable with people, then they won't be vulnerable back. And, and I think you're going to have not a good relationship. So I think that's part of it. And that means like truly spilling out like who you are for better or for worse, because you're not trying to put on a mask or hide behind anything. And I always think of um, that Shel Silverstein has this cool poem called Masks, you know, where he talks about how everyone is just concerned with trying to be with what they think that other people want them to be. But when everyone does this, then no one's being actually the thing that anyone wants them to be or what they should Mm -hmm. be, right? What they themselves want themselves to be. And I feel like that's important. Um, So openness, vulnerability, I think trust is related here. I think sincerity. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is like really meaning Mm-hmm. what you'd say um not being swayed by popular opinion i think is another important part of it <laughs> um and you're not acting right you're not like putting on a show for someone right you're and i think this again is is a kind of intuitive thing that you feel mm-hmm. and i know sometimes that maybe that sounds like a cop out but I, I do think that that's a real thing is like you can know whether or not you're being authentic because sometimes after a situation happens, you feel good about it and sometimes you feel weird about it. And I think Mm. a lot of the times when you feel weird about a situation and how you behaved in it, it's precisely because you're like, ugh, like why was I doing that? Like who was I trying to impress? Who was I acting for? You weren't like sticking to your... To yourself so to speak I, I think all of that's involved probably more than that but is that like a good starting yeah point? i think i think it is i think it is um i'm 
I am, from one side, glad uh, that you didn't mention one thing that usually people associate with that. Okay, I'm is, very curious. Which is spontaneity, right? The fact that you need to be spontaneous. And I don't think the two things go together. Because hmm. people think that sometimes when they think of authenticity is that you're supposed to act or behave just like your gut says. Oh, which I don't, yeah. Which I don't think that that is the case. I right, think because that, that could be reckless. Yes, and I also think that that is not the case. I mean, to be true to yourself, maybe you need a minute. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> no, I think maybe. that's absolutely true because a lot of the times when you act without thinking spontaneously, that's when you wind up doing those inauthentic things where you're like, ah, oh, shit, why did I just say that, you know? Exactly, exactly. And instead, you, when, when you think about certain things, yeah, and again, and this is strange because we are uh, at a moment in history in our society where thinking too much seems to equating to being fake, right? Hmm. If you're thinking, if you are putting too much thought, you're just building up this fake thing in order to sell something your way or another way, right? And this applies uh, to yourself as well, right? If you're not ready and do the things the way you're supposed to do them right away in a spontaneous way, almost automatically, something is fishy. Um, hmm. And I think that, again, it's a good thing that you didn't mention that within within authenticity. Uh, and I think that you're, the definition you give authenticity is pretty, it's, it's a good starting point at least, right? Something that, that popped in my head, too, was honesty. Um, okay. And I, I guess there's a couple ways you could think of that. The one way is being honest with yourself, mm -hmm. right? Because I think a lot of the times when we talk about honesty and lying, we talk about how those things relate to other people. But probably something, I don't know, more important or at the very least as, as important as those things, if not more important, is not lying to yourself. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I'm wondering at this point, is authenticity this, or can, we, can we call it a quality, uh, an attribute, a You know activity? what? I, I guess I think it's both. A, it's a disposition. Mm -hmm. And to that extent, there's an intellectual component. But I also think in order for it to like really work, it has to manifest in action practically. So there is the performative component. So it seems like I would consider it to be something like an Aristotelian virtue. However, however, here's where I might not go all the way with that because virtues are supposed to be means. Yeah. Right? And I'm not sure that I can conceive of authenticity as an intermediate. So you'd rather think that that's an end. Oh, oh, when, so when I, not an end, but when I said mean, I guess I meant average. Oh, an average. Like an okay, intermediate, gotcha, sorry. Gotcha. Yeah, that he, gotcha. he uses both words. That's, that's yeah. sloppy of me. Um, yeah, I, I'm not, because if there's an intermediate term, there has to be like vices of excess and deficiency, and I'm not quite sure what, well, well, let's try. Um, so I think the first task is what behavior is authenticity about? All mm -hmm. those things we said before. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, what would a deficiency of that look like? A very the, fake person? 
Yeah, there's plenty of that of those that we can we can imagine, right? Right, like ex- an extremely plastic person, I guess you could mm-hmm. say. Mm-hmm. But then the question is: Is there an excess of those things? And if there is, then I guess authenticity is like a the the intermediate term. But like I don't know, is, is, is authenticity an, an extreme versus an intermediate? I don't know. So I, I think that. Well, I don't know either. Uh, is there such thing as being too vulnerable? Uh, and I, I, again, if we go with Aristotelian terms, right, with the Aristotelian way of thinking of this, is there a version of vulnerability that will hinder your relationship with others? Because if there is, then there is an extreme for that. Well, it does seem like that the authentic person still has to play the game whatever that means, right? Like, mm-hmm. which means I don't, which means you don't go up to, I don't know, like I don't go up to someone in, in administration and just like pour my heart out to them and, and yeah, do all these, right? So that wouldn't work. So I feel like the authentic person knows when it is appropriate to be that. And for the truly authentic person, they they think it's appropriate more of the time than people who who aren't authentic. Gotcha. So I think relative to the average person, it does seem like an extreme, but ultimately it's like you know it's not an excess of pouring my heart out in candidness. It's just mm-hmm. and like the right amount of that at the right moments. So I, maybe mm-hmm. it is. Maybe it is. I don't know. And uh, so I. There's a couple of things that I, that I that I was thinking while you were saying all this. So the first thing is, the way you describe it, it seems to be almost again uh, a disposition, or again that that needs to be performed in, in order to be in place. But it seems to authenticity seems to have something to do with the relationship that someone, the one, has with oneself more than anything else. Yeah, I think that's true. And if which is interesting, right? It's something that where you are at the same time the subject and the object of, of this performative action, right? Because at the end of the day, you're the only one who can measure this authenticity. Uh, and again, if we describe it as a disposition, that's what, that's what it sounds like to me. And I wonder how this relates and how, and again, we can move to the second part of the question that I ask you, to, to live in the good life, right? Because mm-hmm. it seems to me that living the good life, and again, I might be wrong, to you has to do a lot with, um, with, uh, with the authentic component, right? To the point that I'm wondering if these two things kind of, of equate to each other. Hmm. It, it definitely seems like a relation between one and oneself. I agree with that. And I think that relationship involves being honest with yourself. And I think at once that means being comfortable with who you are, um, even if at times other people don't like it mm-hmm. or are at or are aversive to it or like kind of weirded out by it at first. But then also not being too comfortable where you excuse yourself for like uh, you excuse bad things and bad behaviors and stuff like that. So 
it's it's being comfortable with who you are, but all but also recognizing that you could always be better and where mm. you can be better. And I feel like that that's important because another thing people might think. So you said spontaneity. I feel like for me, the the thing people incorrectly equate with authenticity is like this complete, unconditional self-acceptance where like Mm. I am perfect just how I am and I don't ever have to reflect or think twice or improve. And I don't think that that's what I mean by authenticity. Mm -hmm. Understood, understood. Um, So yeah, that that seems seems pretty exhaustive. And, And but you're saying that that is that all these things are necessary somehow in order to live a good life. And I it, and there is a way in which I will agree with you. Uh, if we say so, I'll agree with you in the Socratic sense. I want to say right. Uh, what does that mean? Authenticity. <laughs> no, I, I mean that there is an element of self-knowledge that is necessary in order for you to live a good life, I believe. You need to really know thyself, right? Mm. Without that aspect, I don't think that you can live a good life. And I think that at least some of those this, uh, qualities that you say uh, an authentic person needs to have are necessary in order for you to know yourself. Right? You'll, at least you need to be... There are certain situations in which you need to be vulnerable with yourself again. This is why what I was going is this is a relationship with yourself mainly, right? Because all the things that you mention, if those things are happening mainly with yourself and then you decide which aspect of it you perform, right? Mm-hmm. And I know it sounds like then you're being fake if you're performing it. No, that's not what I mean. I mean that you, you know, you put it out there eventually. Uh, then in that case, yes, those things are necessary. You need to be aware of who you are in a sense you need to be authentic with yourself Mm -hmm. i don't know it sounds uh, it might sound uh, contrary to what you're saying in order to live the good life i'm not sure uh that you need to be performing authentically all the times in order to live the good life um probably you know what like i'm thinking maybe i would agree with that and maybe this is just like um like a verbal dispute because as i was saying you don't do uh things that how do i say this like would be obviously not good to do in a social situation no no no. clear clear no no, i get that i get that. right um I'm I'm putting this a step forward if you want. Oh, okay. So there are certain times where it might be okay, so that the the being authentic will not hinder you, right? But at the same time, will not be necessarily advantageous. It's one of those things where you know. Mm. Uh, I don't know about you, but I would say that most people would say that. Uh, that's when you should be authentic, right? When this this is the moment in which you need to, mm-hmm. you're allowed to be authentic. And I think that even if you decide in certain situations not to do that, just because you don't want to, that is okay. As long as you are, again, I'm trying to remember all the things that you say, honest with yourself, vulnerable with yourself, which yeah. uh, and all those things with yourself. The moment you are really 
self-reflection leads you to truly understand uh, who you really are, that is enough to live the good life. The performative aspect, I think that that is something extra mm-hmm. that somebody, again, like you maybe, thinks that that is, that is your version of the good life. Mm-hmm. But it's not necessary. And this is the authentic life. Maybe this is an extra, right? Maybe, That you can yeah. add to the good life. Because I think... So when, what do you have in mind, for example, when you say sometimes it's okay to not do that? Because I, I, I agree, right? Um, don't, I don't, I don't know. I, I feel like there's a lot of examples where like when you're with your, at a family setting, right? You don't just like bust into no, of course. this deep <laughs> thing. Or if you're at a, a work related thing, especially mm-hmm. if you're not doing philosophy for a living, you don't do that <laughs> yeah, kind don't, of thing. Don't do that. Definitely don't. Do that. don't. They'll, throw, they'll throw you in the, in the crazy home. Um, so I'm wondering if there are any other specifically like interactions where you think it's okay to not do it. Oh, again, I'm not, I'm thinking even close relationship, love relationship, not just with a par- with a partner, but even with your kids. Right. Um, oh, well that's tough. That seems like another thing. Yeah. Because you, when you're with your kids, you want to be. You want to show them who you really are, right? But at a certain, uh, there are certain situations when you could do that. And again, it's nothing bad is going to happen. Mm-hmm. But I think that you might reasonably desire not to do that. And that is okay. That doesn't make you inauthentic. I agree. And, same, and I think the same thing goes with a partner, actually. Uh, this goes with everything. And again, the decision of we withholding some aspect of this not necessarily all the time right because then we go to the point where you know if you're all we always do the same thing uh in the episodes about intelligence we talked about this you're gonna be the only one who thinks you're intelligent because otherwise you're not right Mm -hmm. and the same thing goes with authenticity i'm not saying that as long as you know you're authentic that's fine yeah you need to display it from time to time right but i don't think that Every time the occasion presents itself, even if there, we're not talking about conditions where it's counterproductive, right? Uh, even if you're not 100% of the time authentic within your uh, relationship with your partner, that doesn't make you inauthentic. That doesn't, that's not a slip out of the good life, right? Hmm. I don't think that that's the case. Or with your kids, that's not a, it's not a oh, you're getting off, you know, you're getting out of the good life. Uh, at this point, no, I think that that is possible. I think that, and I also think that, that this doesn't make you inauthentic. Yeah, so again, I agree I, I, with I, that one. So I think those mm-hmm. are kind of two different claims. Okay. So I think yeah, they are. So, and I think I agree with you about the second one. And if the second one is the sentiment of the first, then I also agree. So I think what you're saying is there are certain situations where other types of behavior are called for and you could be an authentic person quote unquote and not always you know show show all your cards so to speak mm-hmm. um, yes. and i think that's totally right and i i i think what i would say is it's the the problem is not being too authentic i think the issue is you could do those things and that doesn't make you inauthentic so that yes. yeah, I, I agree with that. Sure. Yes, and I. And to me, a consequence a consequence of this is the fact that 
when you do these things, since you're not being inauthentic, and again, assuming that being authentic is part of living a good life, mm-hmm. even when you behave that way, you're still living the good life. Uh, better, you still have a chance to mm-hmm. live the good life. Yeah, it's, it's like not taking away. It's like honesty for Aristotle. It's it's like you don't go Kant and then just only tell the truth all the time. Like that's not true uh, honesty, mm-hmm. right? That's I, I don't know the word he has for that. Um, I think it's something similar here. But okay, so okay. we we talked about care mm-hmm. and the associated concepts, and we've been talking about authenticity and its associated concepts. And and there's undoubtedly more to do there. But I'm I'm wondering. It, like, were there any other things that you think are constitutive of a good life besides those two characteristics? So we are, we're grouping self-reflection and self-knowledge with authenticity, right? Or at the very least, I think they're related to a combination of care and authenticity. Because I think that that is step number one i want to say i'm with you uh, if not step number one step number two i don't know because mm-hmm. at first you need to care to know yourself so care is step number one and then hey hey by the way yes. this is why camo was right <laughs> this is right right the first step is you have yeah. to decide not to kill yourself right like why is it True. worth living but i just wanted to poke True. you there <laughs> I, i'll pretend i didn't hear that <laughs> no but um it so I think there's the care aspect and there's the self-knowledge and once there's the self-knowledge there's the deployment of authenticity, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which is interesting because we, we now have a, uh, a direction, right? You start by caring and first by caring to know yourself and once you know yourself you can deploy yourself as authentic in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, are there other things? Uh, I believe there are, um, and those are the things that are that don't seem to be in your control, but they are in your control, at least partially, right? Has to do with the surroundings, uh, the surrounding cast of of the subject living the good life, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it means um, that there are certain conditions that need to be there. Oh, in the first episode, we talked about the fact that there needs to be a group, right? A group of other people, but it's not any group. I think there needs to be some. You need to be surrounded, at least partially, by people that share some of the values and ideals that you have. Otherwise, it's like being alone. Uh, yeah, I absolutely agree. That needs to be there. Living the good life. It doesn't doesn't. It is necessary to live the good life, not just to be around somebody, but to be around at least some uh, and like-minded people. But again, like-minded doesn't doesn't get doesn't do justice to what I'm thinking. Uh, it is really sharing a core of 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 beliefs. I don't. I wouldn't even call them beliefs. I don't know. Uh, which it's funny because what I'm thinking is. In order to live the good life, you need to share. You need to share with some people. What do you think the good life is? Yeah. <laughs> if you, if you live surrounded by people that believe that living with a good life is completely something different, <laughs> you're gonna live the good life. Yeah. I, and I'm talking in circles, but. No, I, I think that's definitely right. So, 
It's about having certain or striving to have certain qualities or be in certain states or whatever. But it's also about having values and and finding, creating, maintaining mm-hmm. a group that shares those things so that you have like a network, right? That's that's with yes. you here on Earth and you guys have each other in terms of support, in terms of trust, and you help each other. And mm-hmm. even when there's bad things happening, it ideally would help, right, if you're with the right right people and navigating it the right way. So would you say that the besides care and authenticity, you're saying you have to maintain some kind of network of people with shared value? Is that it? Um, yes, I think there's. It's more than just shared, shared values. I think it is. You commitment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something, something. Uh, yeah, um, yeah. More or less. I'm thinking that it's. And I'm, the more I think about it, the more it sounds true to me. Because it would impede if you don't have this, they will impede on authenticity, and they would impede on self knowledge, and they will impede on caring. Without this last thing, so this thing, uh, from uh, if we look from from a temporal perspective, this last thing, this sharing, this values comes last, right? But I think that almost ontologically needs to be there first. Mm, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because I think that, well, first of all, it's very, it will be very difficult, and I think me and you know the pains of this. It is very difficult to grow uh, and to cherish and and nurture values that are sometimes at odds with the community that surrounds you, right? Mm -hmm. So if you're born and if you live all your life and you're exposed only to uh, a group of people that cares for, I don't know, certain things, that, that, that really values certain things rather than others... It will be very difficult for you to um, to actually think of something else, to actually care for something else, right? Mm-hmm. And if these values end up being values that put you, uh, going back to the first episode, with the herd, or that put you with the average form of life that you can live, not the good life, it will be difficult for you to think that the good life can exist. And you will end up caring for things that are not the things that will lead you to self-knowledge, mm-hmm. that in turn will lead you to not to care for being authentic, mm-hmm. and therefore that you will be stuck there forever. This is why sometimes it's difficult for our students or for people that haven't studied philosophy to think of something else besides being wealthy, for example, mm. as a way of living a good life. So it's like a false care. Yeah, well, you really care for that. Uh, But I guess what I'm saying is um, you're caring for things that would not lead you to the real good life. Let's put it this way. Hmm. And I'm not bashing or trashing wealth, right? You need uh, some of it. We're all looking for it a little bit, right? Um, But what I'm saying is rather that if all they care... I don't know. We can make an example. All they care in your community is 
to eat peanuts. Uh, and, you know, you, you live all your life uh, surrounded by people that they tell you the most important thing in the world is that you eat peanuts. Mm-hmm. And then you will care for ways to find peanuts, with ways to roast peanuts, ways to, uh, to consume peanuts the most that you can. And you will try to find within yourself ways in which you adore peanuts more than anything else. And mm-hmm. you never ask yourself, wait a minute, but what about pistachios? Um, can they be different? Can he, can he, so I think that without the network of people that allows you, at least initially, mm-hmm. in to think about the good life, there's you have the potential, but you never develop it. Yeah, no, I, I think uh, I think I'm on board there, and I feel like part of maintaining the network. I used this word before, but I'm going to bring it up again, is is being committed. And I think commitment is a hard thing for most people. It is. Right? Because to commit to something, it's like seemingly, right? maybe not in, actu- in actuality, but seemingly such a, like a high opportunity cost. Because to commit to something, you have to be like, oh, well, here are all the other things I'm kind of like saying no to for the rest of my life by accepting this thing. And do I really want to do that? And people get this FOMO, like the fear of missing out. And, and they're always thinking of what ifs, what ifs. But I think that, and this is something that me and Claire talk about a lot, that there's, there's a kind of thing that happens when you commit to something that allows you to flourish in a way that you would definitely not be able to do had you not committed to something. And this is a kind of freedom that comes with a constraint, as weird as that sounds. It's a kind of benefit you get by you know, accepting something and having the responsibility to it and just never questioning it. And I'm kind of wondering your thoughts on this because I, I think this is something that not everyone ag- agrees on, the idea of kind of like absolute commitment almost. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm, I'm curious. That's, so um, Not absolute, but almost absolute, I'll say. Yeah, no, no, I know what you mean. I think that uh, I agree with you. It's one of those things that the stakes are high the moment you do that. Uh, and also because if you're committing and then this commitment backfire on you, mm. you are in trouble. You really are in trouble. Yeah. If you put all your chips or your eggs in a basket and then that basket is not a good one. You're in trouble, right? Definitely. So I, I, there's also that element, and that that we need to consider when we think about why that is difficult, right? To commit. Um, but there, I think that there's. So I, I, tendentially, I agree with you, but there is something that that worries me about that. That sometimes people, and I use this word, uh, you know, purposefully. They get married to the wrong things. Okay. And they commit forever okay. to things that do not deserve their commitment. And they are unable to disengage for it from it eventually. And I wonder how this the idea that you you just put forward a commitment allows for if it allows for um, well, I need to rethink that it doesn't work. To, to revoke, is it possible to revoke commitment? Or once you're locked in because you committed, that's it. Well, it seems like commitment in itself is not 
good, but it, it's like a certain doing the general thing again, a certain kind of commitment <laughs> uh, is the good thing. And it seems like it's definitely bad if the commitment was a result of sloppy thinking where you just like quickly jumped into something, right? And that seems different than thinking about something carefully and recognizing that, okay, it's not going to be perfect, but it's overall good and then committing to it. Like, I, I think that's kind of what I mean. Mm -hmm. And one of the good things about that, well, one is stability, right? For you and for other of people. Course. And I feel like stability is a kind of thing that people take for granted because again, it's like, like no one's going to tell me what to do, right? This like constraint yep. on this, uh, I know what you want to call it like a fetishization of absolute freedom or something yeah, like that. Um, but also when you commit, it means you have something to hold you accountable. Definitely. And I think that's another thing that people are struggling with because accountability seems to relate to authenticity in, in, in the self-reflective aspect right because definitely if no one's like if you're not there to check yourself and if someone else is not there to you know call you on your bullshit so to speak then mm -hmm. some something's gonna go bad definitely um so one more clarification let's say you did all your uh, you did your homeworks right uh, <laughs> yeah, i like regarding, that regarding what you want to commit to right you have your reasoning seems correct uh everything seems fine you commit to something and because it seems to it seems what you're to be the things that you're supposed to do the thing that you're supposed to do and then in the middle of this you realize that that wasn't it hmm. at that point and this is this is to me the the the, the, the important right at that point what do you do since you have committed you kind of go down with the ship or are you able to be like to disengage yourself because you're like wait a minute uh i didn't sign up for this i thought i signed up for that and since this is not that i'm out i think it's a good question and again not trying to no, I get it. I get it. I think that because because the consequences of not considering that kind of thing are bad, <laughs> I would say. Yeah. Um, yeah. So how would I respond to that? Um, it seems like th there's got to be a line somewhere where it, it depends on what you mean by this isn't what I signed hmm. up for. Um. Because things are undoubtedly going to change in ways that you probably can't imagine, right? And I think, yeah, you, like you're getting abused or like something crazy is happening to you, like you got to be out of there, right? But I think all I mean to say is that a, like a deficiency of this is more common, I think, than an excess of that. Really? I, I think exactly the opposite. Wow. I think I think that people get 
and not not with not in relationships. Okay, because I, I think that's kind of what I'm focusing on most is relationships. Because if you're thinking about relationship, yes, of course. Nowadays, I, mean, I, I sound like my mom. Uh, <laughs> nowadays, people get married because they know they can get divorced right away. They yeah, don't care. Yeah, exactly. You know, they 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 get into relationships because they can always you know go out there while instead years ago <laughs> when divorce didn't exist he's shaking his hand for the listeners <laughs> who can't see exactly um but yeah when we talk about relationships um i think you are right but i think that if we make this more of a general uh discussion about commitment i think the people that commit especially to ideas and ideals, or uh, they're very hard. Oh yes, okay, I know they're, what you're it's saying. Very, it's very hard for them to to walk back because nobody wants to say I made a mistake. That is absolutely. So now you're basically talking about ideology, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm talking about somebody. Uh, I don't know. Somebody voting for the wrong guy. Yeah. Somebody believing the wrong thing. Somebody thinking. Uh, you know, once I commit to QAnon, that's it. Mm. I'm not gonna go back. Once, once I, uh, you know, once I commit to Scientologist, aside from the fact that they kill you, but <laughs> you don't want to get out of it because it's painful to say that. Well, I made a mistake. That or, that is something I feel like I actually think about often, and I think about it in terms of the media a lot, where it's like, you know, a certain narrative has been crafted. And it's Absolutely. like it's just been happening for so long that like no one is going to be like, you know what? This was all wrong. Like this was all for naught. Like it's just we're exactly. too invested into it. So you just go, you know, go down with the ship to say what you were saying. But And that is problematic to yeah. you. That is the scary part when it comes to commitment. Because again, when I think about commitment, I don't think necessarily just to uh, about relationships, but I think rather to the commitments that we make in our everyday life, right? Mm. And we seem to be... So I think that the, the relationships are the exception there. Well, the rule is people, once they engage in something, it's very hard for them to move away and to get out of it because they don't want to be told that they're wrong. Well, relationships are an exception because actually we have moved into a way of thinking that says that you need to realize that you were wrong there. Hmm. And that is a good thing to realize that you're wrong there. And it's fine to say that that didn't work. And I think that the nature of that is, that comes from the fact that two people are involved. So you can always blame the other person. Right. And instead, when it comes to ideology, you only have yourself to blame. Even though there are some people that would say, oh, I, somebody actually made me think that. And I, when somebody tells me that, I always say, no, nobody made you think that. You made up your mind yeah. eventually and believed them. This is a good point. And so there's a couple things I'm thinking. The one thing I'm thinking is that you want to throw in humility maybe to these qualities that are essential to living the good life. But the other thing I was thinking is it seems like these issues, and they really are issues that you're bringing up with commitment, apply specifically to commitment itself absent of all these yeah. other ones. So I think we can kind of save ourselves if we say, no, we're not talking about it in isolation taken to its logical stream, out of, uh, logical stream, logical extreme out of context. We're talking about it situated within some structure where all of these other 
you know, attributes, qualities, dispositions, whatever, are also taking place. So commitment is a component of the good life if and only if it is subjected to care, self-knowledge, uh, authenticity. Uh, what else did we say? Um, I think that's it, right? More or less. Yeah, I, th- I mean, there was... Being virtuous in, in the way in which we explained before. Yeah, because I know we, we covered a lot of different ones and we like kind of subsumed them to more general ones. Yeah, um, but I'm saying so commitment is good and, again, almost a necessary part of the good life if and only if it is kind of uh, tamed by this other yeah, things there. Yeah, and everything is kind of, um, how would you say, like mutually tamed by one another where there's this like kind of synergy when all of them interact that on the one hand brings out the best of each while also kind of scaling back the the worst of each absolutely and i think that um what you said is not only they tame each other but they work with each other and they they kind of imply each other because again I'm thinking, and it's very hard to think of the possibility of caring to know oneself if you don't commit to that. <laughs> it's hard, true. right? Yeah, yeah. Because this is hard. Uh, so all these things seems to it, it's it's the perfect storm for me, right? Because all these things are they need to be almost at work together at the same time, mm-hmm. and if one element is missing then there is no such thing as a good life. And they are... So maybe the... Again, I, I always go there. Uh, maybe this good life, it's a plural entity. It's a plural mm. uh, something, right? There's more than one element to it that cannot be... That cannot be discounted. It's not a monolite. It is rather, again, this this plural entity that is... Well entity process maybe even better (laughs) and at least some of it seems cyclical right like you were saying you can't Mm -hmm. you have to commit to caring right but then you have to care to commit in the first place exactly that's a weird thing that happens and something that comes from this too i think is um the notion of responsibility right and related to this is the idea of meaning and i think we've been hinting Mm -hmm. at like these kind of things and um actually Right now, Claire is teaching a class at Rutgers called The uh-huh. Search for Meaning that she, that okay, she crafted. That's, that's interesting. She's teaching that, not you. What? She's teaching it, and she's, it's really cool. Um, she's doing a combination of stuff, like she's doing Viktor Frankl. Okay. And some other stuff, some like Jonathan Haidt. And cool. it seems relevant to the stuff we're talking about. And I feel like that quality is... Related. I mean, would you agree that at least on its face, mm-hmm. those things are, are also like part of the good a, life? Meaning a responsibility? Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, He's making a face. Speaking of, com- <laughs> speaking of committing, uh, <laughs> I, w- I would say that living the good life is meaning mm. at the end of the day. That That is what we're describing. We're describing meaning there. Yeah, yeah. Or we're describing the things that we need to do in order to to I, I don't like saying this to give meaning to our life rather to 
to enter this thing that we call meaning again to be part of meaning to be meaningful ourselves as well hmm. and that implies responsibility yeah and i think to to kind of end here because i feel like we could we could keep going and it would be it would be good oh, I'm, sure. I'm happy with how this <laughs> came out but to appeal to the intuitive thing i said earlier you know acting in a certain way um for a certain reason whatever I, I think that that image in in book one or the republic is is really good though right this idea of you want to live in a way that results in you lying on your deathbed looking back feeling proud yes yes and i'm thinking well we didn't have the time to do this but um i think that there is this distinction to be made there once and for all uh, between this kind of life that you live, right? The life that, again, when you're dead, but you, you, you feel proud about it. And on the other hand, people are just happy to live life, um, well, what Agamben calls the bear life, right? Yes. Just, just, just to survive almost, right? That sounds right. It doesn't right. mean just eating, eating and drinking, but means, you know, to live, uh, completely dis- in a disengaged way from this thing we call meaning. Yeah, and that's why eudaimonia is, is different from UBO, right? It's not just l- yep. biologically living well. So yeah. that was a lot. Um, that, yeah, there was. Um, well, I hope uh, you guys enjoyed it. Yes, absolutely. Uh, we'll be back next time. See you guys around. Yeah, see you around. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.